Stephen Ferris. It's been a very long, long hot summer. It hasn't been a great Australian summer at all, has it? It's been a no. um, somewhat chaotic and uh, dramatic Australian And dare summer. I say, we represent the large, unwashed, quiet Australian. Absolutely we do. If, and- you, if you want an archetypal, quiet Australian, shove them together. It's you and I in one body. <laughs> 100%. Fire ups, quiet Australian. We're here with you. We back you. We support you. We salute you. We are fire ups, quite Australia, Stephen, because they haven't had a voice. Because who has the voice in this country all the time? Loud, rattling. Well, I can tell you one voice. I did see this guy. Is his name Mitch Tango, an Indigenous performer on Australia Day, performing oh, yes. "You're the Voice." Man, does it get any better than that? <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I always like to point out about "You're the Voice," which is one of the songs I want banned, including "Sweet Caroline" by Neil Diamond, which yes. has spread like a coronavirus. Yes. That it was actually played at the Australian Open tennis. But are they trying hard enough to eradicate it? That's the question. Not, not at all. I no. mean, I actually listened to a very interesting program about uh, ways of dealing with the uh, spread of cane toads. Yes. And I think you could apply that to some of these songs. But I do like to point out to people who feel that you're the voice along with the horses, Sweet Caroline, yeah. are all Australian institutions. <laughs> it was co-written by Chris Thompson. Are you familiar with Chris's work? Chris Thomas? Chris Thompson. Thompson. Not Chris Thomas, the producer. No. And was he the singer with... Uh uh, an 80s band? Uh, well, 70s and 80s band, yes. Go on. Manfred Man's Earth Band. Wow, that is obscure. So, so the cover of Blinded by the Light, Bruce Springsteen's song, which you always hear from Manfred Man's Earth Band, that's Chris Thompson. Wow. He was on Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. He's the co-author. Oh, I that album cover. Yeah, he's the co-author of <laughs> You're the Voice, and he's not <laughs> Australian. He's not Australian. That wasn't Toddy Hunter. That was another song. Uh, wouldn't that be incredible, though, if you could train uh, cane toads to sing? Imagine a chorus of cane toads well, at, the, at the border doing You're the Voice or Kaysan or the horses. You know, How good would that be? <laughs> What the, the innovative solution, by the way, with cane toads <laughs> yeah. is the small ones don't travel, the big ones do. Yeah. So when the natural uh, wildlife comes in contact, the, their initial contact with the spreading cane toads are the big ones, mm. they eat them, they die. Yes. Whereas if they can introduce, and this is a revolutionary idea, in other mm. words, not restrict the spread of the cane toads, but introduce small first, yes. then those wildlife will get sick and realise don't eat the big ones ah. and then that will help um, keep so the balance. That could be a long, slow evolutionary process, Chris. It yeah. could take a thousand or more years. But if we can apply that to You're the Voice, yeah. Horses and yeah. Sweet Caroline, my job has been yes. well worth doing. And, and layer a little slick of coronavirus on top just for good measure. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Put look, those things out of their misery. I've been unwell, Stephen, yeah. and yeah, that's sorry, unusual yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, sure, I've had major yeah. open heart surgery but that's because you were quiet about it yeah, that's you right didn't have a voice. Whinge. no voice no voice no we've been shut down the whole summer right. i can't get over and I'm, I'm not trying to not take the coronavirus thing lightly <laughs> lightly yeah. but i just keep thinking of the beer the beer of course you do yeah. how much that must be hitting that that brand around the world i mean there are many victims right now tourism as we know yep. universities we know that too uh ocean liners uh, anywhere where there's a cramped crowd they're talking about the tokyo olympics being hit hard by numbers people are scared well, well, very scared. Probably not with good reason. But, but the uh, Mexicans are really hurting. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, yeah. they'll have to change the brand. Of course they And in, in places like Spain, of course, they're called Coronita. Ooh. So I think that would take off. And we'll talk about Latin flavours soon, won't we? Chris? We will. It's, it's been a, a Latin flavour day. Latin flavour, yeah. <laughs> Dancing, singing, and all. Anyway, we promise. Our promise is to keep the promise of Australia to all Australians, particularly the quiet ones. Correct, Chris? I agree. Yeah. There is a class that we are excluding from yes. that promise, though, isn't there? Yeah, there is indeed. Now, that class, do they come in numbers? Yes. They do. Uh, we've all heard of the Bali Nine. 
Yes. They were a rogue lot. You know, they got caught. They may have been doing something that you and I do every day of the week, but they got caught in the wrong country. Uh, apparently, viruses don't know any boundaries either, Chris. No. <laughs> no. no, they don't recognise geography. No, they don't. So, uh, the Gang of Four. You may have danced to them back in your heyday, Chris. Well, I also thought there was something to do with Mao Tung, but um, mm. uh, sadly, Andy Gill, yeah. uh, one of the founding members of the Gang of Four, passed away yesterday. Musicians die young, Chris. You know, uh, 64, he's probably lived a fair, fairly good life, I'd say. Did you ever see them play? I did not. The definitive album, Entertainment, of course. Yes. I saw them down at the uh, Gaelic Club. Ah. And famously, one of the musicians actually played the microwave at some stage. Played the microwave yeah, but, with his drumsticks or what? But uh, uh, that, that was that <laughs> he was put a, a cane toad in it, right? <laughs> and right. exploded it's to rhythm. <laughs> but that was a fertile period yeah, of yeah, music, yeah. the early eighties, oh, wasn't look, it? Pink flag by Y, remember? That? Oh, well, oh yeah. how good was that? Hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> now, and of course, you had the big five in uh, your West Tigers rugby league team. The spine was incredibly expensive. Well, I, I was. I think from memory, they were only the big four. Right. Brooks, Woods, I would, yeah. Tedesco and Moses, right? Yeah, yeah, fair enough too. But the really, the really big three, and we're not talking about living in a row with St George either here, Chris. The big three, <laughs> Smith, Slater, and Cronk. What's the news there? Well, the news that's breaking from south of the border, yeah. where the uh, reside the AFL fans who we're not going to give a voice to at any stage during the show. That's one of the promises we agree to keep <laughs> that the quiet Australians. We don't even include or exclude AFL followers. We don't even recognise them, right? They're not even Australian as far as we're concerned. And hasn't ScoMo been on the back foot uh, during his bushfire crisis management where he's been turning up in club colours of the AFL teams, recognising that when he was talking about quiet Australians in his victory speech, he wasn't talking about AFL fans. So when he crossed the border, he put on an AFL jumper, did he? When he crossed back into New South Wales... Same again. And I think he was wearing multiple colours. colours yeah. oh, but no, the news coming south of the border out of Victoria mm. is that uh, the, it has been announced that statues will be erected to Cameron Smith. At Amy. Yes, at yeah. Amy Park. Lucifer himself. Uh, Billy, former jockey, uh, Slater. Slater. yeah. But no Cooper Cronk. No, it's that deep. The, the wounds are that deep, yeah. deep and unable to be yeah. sutured, Stephen. And, and can you imagine as a Storm fan... I think nostalgia is something to do with pain, isn't it, or something like that? And time, Chris. That's right. <laughs> you, you really should be around for at least 50 years before you start, start talking about nostalgia. But you can imagine as a Storm fan in 20 years' time, you know, because I don't think they'll ever win another premiership, and they'll be rugged up, yeah. all the club colours, yeah. and, and they, they get a little bit excited about arriving at the Amy Park Precinct to remember the glory days, yeah. and they'll look up and they'll see two statues. Two statues, yes, yes. <laughs> Don't even bring Greg Inglis yeah. into this. Not even the Bromwich brothers. Look, look, have they won anything since Cooper left? No. Nothing. Nothing. They're a sad, sad shadow of themselves. Now, that gets us to say that uh, we have seen statues go up at the SCG, and they have been protected in this complete demolition job of the SFS. Oh, that's that's heartening to know. That was yep. like Kenny Catchpole and Rich yes. Gazner. Brisbane, of course, have had their big ones. Uh, Wally. You know, yeah, Wally, et cetera. Uh, but we have been promising for a long time. One of our big, I think, issues this year will be that statue of Todd Carney at the Opera House. Yeah, well, the it's, it's a long-term project, it isn't is. it? And, yep. and, you know, maybe something symbolic around... Uh, Todd and the bubbler yeah. offering hope that we will be able to do a better job around handling. And I mean, are we comfortable still being fire up in our labelling? I mean, given the, the oh, I the, see what you're saying. You know, but maybe if we can institute yes, the bubbler, we some get of those an responsible radio stations decided to take all things like, like burning down the house. Oh. You know, um, yeah, I'm on fire. Bruce Springsteen wasn't getting played at all. Nor the Pointer Sisters. All those songs were banned. 
for about a week, I think, Chris. I think we're good to go. No, Pat Benatar. They always, they always, it's always quoted with the Falkland Wars, which you may be not old enough to remember. Still. Oh yes, I remember those. But uh, Argentina v England down yeah. in the Falklands. That one of the songs of band was split ends as six months in a leaky boat. Is I thought that, that was one? a pretty long boat yeah, to draw. British, absolutely. <laughs> Who was sensitive to that one? The British? Yeah, BBC one. BBC one. That brings us to dun, 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 the Greenberg Four. Ah, yes. <laughs> okay. Now, they're a pack of rogues, they are. And, of course, we wouldn't have a summer unless there was a few minor incidents in rugby league, which, gosh, we were desperate for, Chris. How do you think Todd feels? I mean, I think the report card compared to the previous mm. summer's indiscretions is pretty good. It's almost squeaky clean. Yeah. But when you yeah. when you peer a little bit closer, we've had a we've had our share, haven't we? Yeah, and which begs the question: if our prime minister could only get away for a brief trip to Hawaii, does Todd ever take a holiday? Can he afford to be away when the trouble hits the fan, so to speak? Well, he wasn't on holidays. He, he might have been at the Super Bowl today, uh, but I heard yeah. as soon. As the Lombardi Trophy was being handed over, he was headed to the airport. Was he? There was no post parties in Miami down at South Beach for Todd. Can I quote? Hosing out fires? <laughs> Hosing down any trouble? <laughs> so, let's go to number one. Uh, uh, now, I always knew this guy was trouble from the day that he clobbered one of the St. George players <laughs> <laughs> with his headbutt right on somebody's nose. I thought it had been Corey Norman. Or it could have been uh, oh, look, it was one of, one of the small little St. George guys. He had no idea how strong he was and how thickly boned his head was. Uh, never liked the guy. This is a guy called Siva. Mike Oceva? Mike Oceva, yeah. yeah. I, small St. George guys, you're not really narrowing the... Well, little, it wasn't Dufty, but it, I mean, let's face it, Lomax, they're, 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 they're gentle kids. What about... That's a, been a big off-season development. Zach Lomax, like a six-year deal or seven-year deal yeah, or something. Like. You happy with that? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. What are you? We're going to have... We're living in hope at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, he went to Fiji, hometown, a couple of bags of cash, as they do, spread around the family. Uh we all know what Sydney's like. If you've got cash in Sydney, you're in trouble. That's right. You don't want to be in Sydney with no. cash. You could be in a casino. You could be buying up God knows what sort of illicit substances. You could be spending it like uh, Justin Bieber on a red, you know, yellow Ferrari and some uh, strippers. Who knows whatever. Well, more importantly, no one accepts cash in the city anymore from no, what I can don't. see. They don't. <laughs> so what happened in Fiji, Chris? Well, I mean, this, again, the, the, the facts murky. are fairly scant, yes, murky, yeah. yet, but... Uh, Apparently he was in a, an establishment, in a, I believe a restaurant or a yes. bar, some sort yes. of complex yes. there, and he was trying to attack the attention of one of the people, the, yeah. the waiting staff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, female apparently, and he was alleged to initially to have just tugged her on the dress to get her attention. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I think that's now been um, escalated to yes to yeah. um, some form of physical assault. Okay. So, well, he's just come from Sydney, Chris. They have different rules in Fiji, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and and so you know this could be a cultural issue. Yes, yes, but. Todd, and he's the first of these four, has to make a decision about these guys this season because they don't hit the no-fault stand-down rule because the maximum sentence does not hit 11 years. No, it's a time thing, isn't it? That's right. Exactly. That, that does, I hope in Fiji, you would, like in Bali, you go there with a little bag of dope, uh, life, you get hung, right? The scale is very different, <laughs> yeah, Stephen. No, I mean, they're more relaxed in Fiji, I think, aren't they? In some ways. <laughs> uh, there was a, a chap I have called, coos occasionally, but... Yes. Tyrone May. Now, Tyrone May, he uh, apparently... Oh, this is a long time running now, this one, isn't it? Yep. It's been brewing. It's gathering sort of... He uh, didn't play any of, of last season. No, that's very sad, isn't it? Uh, and a lot of clubs have been frustrated about the cons- inconsistent penalties. You know, we might have heard about the two Bali instances where there was a bit of a brouhaha outside the same nightclub. Nelson Asafa Solomona. You're good with names, yeah. Chris. And who was the other... Diplomatic Corps. What do you dude? think? Well, I'd give it a David crack. David Fafita. Uh, David Fafita. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we 
Took a swing at a bouncer. And who, do, who hasn't wanted to do that every so often? We highlighted on this show uh, in terms of where Fafita was going yeah. to next. Yeah. Uh, his mother would make the decision. He said that publicly. And when Fafita came back to Brisbane Airport, he was greeted by his mother oh, yeah. who, you know, Fain to embrace her son and, and, and to be excited he was back. But if you could lip read, she's going, what the hell do you think you were uh, doing? wait for the handbag to go up. It didn't. It did great for Brisbane, though. It saved them about $250,000. <laughs> <laughs> great for negotiations. Terrific. That's good. Uh, look, uh, I know that there's a lot of concern about his mental state, as is always the way when a player doesn't play footy, because they need to be on the field, Chris. It's their DNA. That's their DNA. They, that's that's the, that's the the paddock is where they come to life uh, and where they're happiest. And and uh, one of, you know one of his uh, his best mates, of course, uh, the son of the coach. Ah yes, yes. He came out and said, "Look, he's a sp- pretty strong-minded guy, and footy is his passion. Mm. The best way to move forward for him is to be playing footy. Probably the best move was not to have made illegal tapes of. Oh, let's get back to the problem. So what did you do, Chris? So he was uh, convicted of filming and distributing videos of consensual sexual intercourse. So unlawfully using a carriage for the purposes of... Or a device. Or a device for the purposes (laughs) of... And uh, I believe it was uh, Magistrate in Parramatta Court, Magistrate Robin Deans... Yes. ...who uh, took issue with uh, what he was doing. Uh, All very well to to have sexual encounters. Yeah. All very well to film sexual encounters... Consensually. But not to disseminate said filming items on without permission on any carriage whatsoever. That, correct? Absolutely correct. Though you're speaking in fairly technical terms. I am. Didn't Magistrate Deans sort of beautifully summarise this for us? Well, that's why she uh, used the people's language, which right. is what we've attempted to do Quiet Australians. Qu- the quiet Australians would understand. And she said, when you go to order a cup of tea, yes. you don't assume straight away that you're going to get milk and sugar. Right. Is that correct? I think that's true. Yeah, but you need to specify. Right. So I, I don't. I don't. What I'm, what I'm suggesting is Tyrone May said, "Look, now that we've done the deed and I've got it on film, uh, and he didn't say any more. Right. He should have said, with that sugar and and milk, not cream, milk. Of course, we don't do cream in Australia. No, no. Did not say that to the woman. The woman didn't obviously give consent. Right. Pretty simple language. So it's. A good takeaway generally that if you're offering someone a cup of tea, find out whether they want milk or sugar, just don't give it to them. Don't shove it in. No. They don't shove it in. Which brings us to uh, Josh Reynolds. I believe it's an alleged activity. Yeah, domestic violence. There's been a, um, some uh, um, video of concern that's been distributed yeah, briefly on the internet. Uh, yeah. It's definitely two parties uh, with varying versions of the truth. And again, um, part of the problem with our modern legal system, Stephen, is that uh, Josh probably won't get his matter heard till about 2027. So, <laughs> so Todd has to, uh, on his list... There's a bank up, is there? <laughs> Todd has to make a, make a decision based oh, on no. what, what he's got in front of him. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, certainly created enough concern for the Tigers that they've come up with an innovative player swap deal. Have you heard about this? No, tell me more. So we have no hookers. <laughs> uh, I think Moses Mbai has been training. That means your spine is weak. Yeah, yeah. spine is in yeah, it's collapsing. disarray. Yeah. <laughs> Needs a couple of those screws. <laughs> and because, uh, of course, Robbie Farah has retired. Right. There's some, there's some um, inference that Robbie Farah has been... Uh, um, Roped in for some extracurricular well, job of... Well, he's over at the Super Bowl with, with his touring company, ah. but that he was getting fresh with a former tennis player. But I, I haven't investigated that. <laughs> uh, Jacob Little, who was our... Purpose-built replacement, I think ACL towards just the end of last season. He's out for 12 months. Yes. Uh, we have purchased a kid from up north, but the idea is, is that Harry Grant, who is behind both Smiths in Melbourne, you know, Lucifer himself and Brandon, yes. 
who, you know, the best player in the New Zealand Rugby League Ready team. Ready to go. Yeah, best, best player in the New Zealand Rugby League team can't get a run with a storm in first grade. Right. So Harry's number three. Yeah. And, of course, Melbourne's lost some setters. Chambers, Scott, who we'll talk about in a moment. So we've offered, as in the Tigers, Paul Momorowski mm. for Harry Grant in a one-year player swap deal, a la uh, professional football. Yes, yes. Uh, there must be many negotiators in the middle of all this. So swapping cards, you know, when you've got your gum, you put your card out, what's it worth? 40 points, 39 points? There's a fleet of lawyers involved. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Curtis Scott? Well, I think Curtis is the highlight. I this think is a great it, story. This, this is heartwarming. This, I think quite Australians will love this story, right. really. I mean, let's face it, uh, we've often been bagged this uh, city of sin, as it was once known. We remember the uh, the rum corps? Yes. Yeah, we used to trade in rum, you know, and I'm sure that there were a lot of other trades, illicit activities going on, which have been buried deep in the histories, the annals of Sydney culture. Uh, but it's it's been murky. It's been dark. It's been criminal. The Razor Gangs. Convict blood, Chris. You get it. There's a little beautiful little airy park at Ann Street, Surrey Hills now. That apparently was the epicenter. Frog of, Hollow. Yeah, and it yeah. was the most dangerous place yes. in Australia. Tilly Devine. Hasn't really changed. Kate no. Lee. You know, <laughs> just whip it out and slash them, you know. Uh, apparently, the, 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 on R&R, the American soldiers used to head up to Surrey Hills because they could still get a bit of, you know, Sly Grog in a knock shop. Wow. Yeah, uh, right close to the city. It is, it is a troublesome place. We know that, Chris, you know, and uh, many people are told to stay away. Now, Curtis Scott, where's he from to start with? I have no idea where he's from originally. He's from Cronulla. He, he, That's how he knows. Is that right? That's right. He's best remembered for putting one on Dylan Walker. Yes, we love and, that. And we, <laughs> we, we certainly respect him for that. But he's been skirting close to, uh, what would I call it, sort of the, the darker side of human nature. Yeah, he's had some think, personal issues. I think he knows that too. Yes. So he made a, he made a plot with himself to stay away from trouble, uh, and then he went to Melbourne. Well, yes, he was been playing at Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but uh, The bleak city. Yeah. And, and nothing ever happens. And, you know, with bellyache. Yeah, it comes Barely, to time. Yeah. So he so he feels that he needs to find a new environment, and so he makes a decision. Because I think he attracts the wrong sort, Chris. <laughs> Potentially, I think he mixes with the wrong crowd sometimes. So he makes a decision yeah. to stay to get out of Sydney. Yes, and signs with the Canberra Raiders. Yes. Speaking of which, by the way, the Canberra Raiders decided to get out of uh, Canberra because of the smoke to train. They went up the Sunshine Coast and they got hailed on. But. Um, <laughs> So it's. A, I don't think. That. I don't think there's any precedent of someone actually getting out of Sydney when they weren't in Sydney in the first place. No, no, they're in Melbourne. Yeah. So, but he's gone to the Raiders because right. Sticky's lost Rapiner right. and Joey Lewis yes, to the Tigers. But I suppose if the contract was up or, or yeah, there were some sort of troubles there, they'd say, "Look, mate, just head up the road." You know, like, we know you're scared of Sydney because as he got closer, this site, this state of nervousness would take over. Curtis Scott couldn't handle it, so he said, "Look, just take me to Canberra." But somewhere on the line, it went off the rails again. Well, the season hasn't started proper. I think we're in pre-season training. I think the boys are all working very hard and the girls. Yeah. And, um, we don't celebrate Australia Day anymore. I know that, Chris. Well, I didn't, I didn't but many people do. Many quiet Australians still do. And I think Curtis Scott's one of those. Australia Day, where else? The Ivy. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, had I yeah. celebrated yes. Australia Day, if you did, I would have been at the Ivy. You do a warm-up at the Chloe, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he did do a warm-up at the Chloe right. the day before. Okay, yeah. Was... Pulled aside yeah. um, for um, a, Test. A, an inspection for possession of illicit substances. Yes. Sailed through. Sailed through, right. Okay. Didn't okay. didn't take the tip though, did he? Now, the Ivy, of course, has a pool. So on Australia Day, it's a perfect day to do a day-nighter. Yes. So it's a long day of potentially drinking and partying and having fun. And heat stroke. We understand all these things come into play. And there's a lot of questions with this story, Chris. A lot, a lot of, of questions. gaps that aren't fulfilled. Let's try and fill them. No, let's, let's try and track it through. Okay, so uh, dancing all day, shirt off, celebrating with his mates. Look at us, we're at the Ivy. Canberra you know. teammates. 
camper teammates, you know, some babes, all the rest of the whole thing. I think bikinis of the uh, the Union Jack were in, in state. The Southern Cross was in on full display on towels, uh, face paint, the whole bit. <laughs> what happens next? We don't really know, do we, Chris? Well, I think Sammy Williams, who Dennis Carnahan, who can't be with us today, is pretty much his favourite player, said, uh, had a great day off to Canberra. Yeah. So most of the boys, you know, got back on the shuttle or whatever it was. Yes, well, they, the bus picked them up at the Ivy. Right, so the bus was there. Yeah, yeah. Now, as best we can gather, that um, Curtis had had a really great day, probably yeah. maybe one or two sherbets too many. Well, you get on the bus, what matter? He's seen the boys head down. Yes. Right, and he's gone, I've got to get on a conveyance. Yes. He's got on the wrong conveyance, Chris, Steve. The light rail is brand sparkling new. It is so attractive. Have you been on it yet? I'm making it my personal mission to never get on it. And there's a lot of sin spots on the way, right? right. <laughs> so he decides to get on the light rail and give it a whiz. Yes. He says to the guys, oh, I'll be back in a minute. Just <laughs> here I go. I think he genuinely thought it was the Canberra team bus. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was red and white though, Chris. <laughs> I don't know how he did that, but there you go. And did you know the light rail goes straight past what I would call Magnetic North, the headquarters of the NRL on Driver Avenue. Well, yes, more The SCG, the original heartland, the home of great Australian rugby league triumphs like the St. George Illawarra, sorry, St. George Dragons in their day. So he decides to, bit of history maybe? Yeah, well, and look, I think he's thinking uh, I'll get uh, at the front of the queue for the tour of the Hall of Fame the next morning. Or the Hall of Shame. Yeah. Yeah, just down the road. It might be an opportunity to um, catch up with Todd Greenberg just Todd. to see things. Yeah, just see, sort things out. Exactly. And yeah. How things were going with the Greenberg three and throwing yes, his right, right, two right. cents worth. Right. So he's 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 either ended up somewhere between nine o'clock and eleven thirty, or in some reports two thirty. Yeah. So that's murky. Murky. And he's either ended up directly outside Rugby League HQ, yes. which is I heard under under one of the great big fig trees. Yeah, which is quite difficult at the moment with all the construction going on there. Or I heard directly outside the Olympic Hotel up in Moore Park Road. Oh yeah, I heard it was near Kipax Lake too. Yeah. See, it's all a bit murky, isn't it? Right. Yeah. But. This is where the stories convert, yes, <laughs> diverge. Yes, yes, yes. Curtis says he wakes up to his great surprise mm. handcuffed. Oh, has that ever happened to you, Chris? Uh, handcuffed or waking up handcuffed? Waking up handcuffed. No one's ever pulled that prank on you. Me neither, but I can imagine I'd be pretty pretty hot and bothered. Discombobulating. Absolutely. And I'd be ready to swipe out at somebody. And there are police officers in attendance. I believe three police vans and an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> seems seems like overkill. That's like a nice way to wake up, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> Do you remember the days of Mission Australia and uh, you know uh, St Vinny's foot soldiers? Hey, mate, you okay? Do you need somewhere to stay? Do you, maybe you should be sleeping it off somewhere else. You know, yeah, well, that's that caper. You know, yeah, well, where were they? Yeah, where were they? You know, <laughs> having a day off. But let's face it, this is the middle of nowhere. Who would even spot a guy sleeping under a tree, and who would care? This is that's a very good point. <laughs> who's alerted them to yeah, the? Yeah, who's pre- the dobber? Yeah, so yeah. It'd, be, it'd be one of those narcs in Rugby League HQ that was in there you know, on a, on a Monday morning or well, whatever. they shouldn't be on a long weekend. Oh, it's just <laughs> so annoying. And then he's alleged that um, whilst hands cuffed, they've decided to taser him. Because <laughs> many people die that way. Did you know that? Yeah. I think it's not in the manual anymore. Yeah. I think they actually, once they got your handcuffed, they don't taser you, <laughs> particularly when there's four or five of them. Well, yeah, it's been a while since I've read the handbook, Stephen, but it generally does go... <laughs> Uh, uh, verbal encouragement to stand down, yeah. taser, then handcuff. Yeah, yes. It seems a bit fish in a barrel the other way around. Yes. Uh, and uh, then he's carted off to uh, the clink. Yes, and the, the, you know, the men in blue and the women in blue say he's facing six charges, two counts of assaulting an officer in the execution of duty. I don't know what their duty was there that night, Chris. I would have thought their duty would be, hey, mate, are you okay? Yeah, can we Move get you somewhere? Move on, yeah. you know. Behaving in an offensive or indecent manner, probably swearing. 
kicking at them. Had, had a lash out at at least one police officer. Uh, so allegedly threw his mobile phone at a passing car. Yes. It's a Monday on a long weekend. There'd be no cars on Driver Avenue. And there. hang on, isn't he handcuffed? Well, that's the Has question. Hasn't he been tasered? <laughs> it's... <laughs> I don't know. Fortunately, they do have the uh, on the vest cameras, which will probably yeah. tell all. I yes. Imagine. Now, this is the best one. Remaining on trust lands. Did <laughs> <laughs> you get that? I didn't know. That was in the book. And he got tired and he missed the bus to Canberra, wanted to have a sleep. Next thing he knows, he's got 1,800 coppers on him, <laughs> tasering him, handcuffing him, belting him, <laughs> taking him off to court and jail, whatever else goes on. What a holiday Australia Day weekend for Curtis Scott. Ah, but the last word goes to, of course, his lawyer, who said that, uh, look, he knew he was trouble in Sydney. He'd been trying to stay out of the Sydney rat race and the Sydney fishbowl. So it was, it was Lunar Weekend coming up, I think, you know, Chinese Lunar Month, you know, whatever. Animals abound. He was getting a bit paranoid. Rats and fish and things coming out at him. So he goes, they're going to fight this to their last breath. Well, they want to see the footage. Well, let's just hope there's not, not some mutation down the stretch where we get fish rats in Sydney. But it's great. It say Kanto's though. No, but it's, isn't it great to know that uh, there's someone out there representing quiet Australians like Curtis Scott. Absolutely, Chris. We'll be back in a moment. Whatever Ricky said, maybe he used two words. Fire up. Chris. Stephen. The quiet Australian and Australians, the promise they've, we are promising to keep for them, was shattered this uh, last week. There was uh, a great a hero, a hero to many, uh, passed tragically in America. A man worth, I don't know, $68 million more, $340 million, flying in a helicopter over Greater Los Angeles. Hit the hill. He did. Many tributes, flowers, crying, tears, documentaries, TV shows. And there were several others that passed away, of course, as well. But Kobe Bryant, we lost him. We lost him to the great basketball court in the sky, Chris. I'm a uh, long-standing Los Angeles Lakers fan, you are. Stephen. I was lucky enough to see Kobe and Shaq play at yes. the Staples Centre back in 2004. Were you? Uh I sort of do stand in that camp that says that I, I don't think the, the Kobe story is as simplified as people like to make it. I think he had some um, uh, some serious mistakes yeah. early in his but he's life. He's a much-loved American. Very much loved. And, and that's been very much the narrative, and I think it's been compounded by the fact that it was you know family members involved and young, you know, young girls going to play oh, course, sport and all course, that sort of thing. Of so, uh, you know, rather than getting into the ins and outs of yeah. his life... Yeah. It seemed to. I remember speaking. It, I spoke last week to one of the younger players on my team, and he just said it's the most upset he's felt about somebody that he didn't know. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And so, how old is this person? Twenty-six. Yeah. Okay. So you know, Kobe sort of was yeah. a dominant figure in yeah. the NBA for twenty years. And there are many kids uh, in Americana. Uh, it's a big deal, isn't it? Uh, I mean, we look at Kyrgios. Look at the tennis players. Yep. Uh, did the cricket players do such a thing? I, I'm sure they did. I think lots. You know, uh, Neymar, I think you know the football player gave yeah. gave a tribute with the yeah. two four, which was one of Kobe's numbers. So, right, uh, you know, everyone wants to try and rationalise it, talk about you know there were nine people involved, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. Et but yeah. you know, he's a high profile figure. It's fame, fame, and it departs really suddenly. And one of the things that people need to do is to find some sort of sense of comfort. Look, Americans are probably. Uh, fame is a far bigger issue than any other country in the world, I'd say. And they do... Uh, look, but what was lost was there's one great tribute coming out of Australia. <laughs> may may right? I quote? Please. May I, um, those who died yesterday had plans for today. And those who died this morning had plans for tonight. Don't take life for granted. In the blink of an eye, anything can change. Now, that 
could be a tribute to. Look, I was just thinking about. I, I didn't. I don't know who said that initially, and I thought maybe Gandhi. A Hallmark card, maybe. A Hallmark card, but that would have been taken from Buddha and then you know changed and altered for copyright reasons. Comes from a text somewhere. I mean, the, the message okay. is universal. Kennedy, perhaps. Possibly. Possibly. Bobby, even. Yeah. Look, I've got some quotes from this. I found out who wrote that. Somebody else uh, passed on some quotes by the same man. Can I read some more? Please. I have died many times. That's where I have beaten Christ. Christ died once and resurrected once. Okay. So, there's not a lot of humility in no. this chat, right? Uh, on Hitler. <laughs> right. I, I'm still the Hitler of all time. The Hitler is only one objective. This Hitler, right? Justice for his people. Sovereignty for his people, recognition of the independence of his people and their rights over their resources. If that is Hitler, then let me be Hitler tenfold, ten times. That is what we stand for. That's interesting. Okay, it starts to challenge the original sentiment. Um, yes. Uh, I have one. Yes. Britain is a very cold, uninhabitable country with small houses. That's, Correct. That seems Sign Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we are still exchanging blows with the British government. They are using gay gangsters. That's not a bad thing. And on homosexuality... Can I? Well, if I may, let's complete the picture. We ask, was he born out of homosexuality? We need continuity in our race, and that comes from the woman. And no to homosexuality. He says they are worse. No, I won't. I, I won't go any further now, Chris. Okay. Now this this was quoted by one of our great. Uh, what you would say a a librarian. Yes, a bibliophile. A bibliophile, a voracious reader. We, look, we have celebrated this man many, having a library just full of rugby league biographies only. Maybe an autobiography. I don't know if he's written one. We're talking about the great Mitchell Pierce. Right. Mitchell Pierce quoted the original quote, I think, in social media. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Mitchell's a, is, a, is a great uh, devourer of literature. He's got a library. He's got like one of those little green lamps. He's got a ladder, lots of books, like many rows above. And Pipe. A, and a Chesterfield, I think. He sits here with a pipe and he reads his stuff. So he thought he just said this quote from... Robert Mugabe. Robert former, Mugabe. Former right. Zimbabwean president. This is incredible stuff. Okay, it raises lots of questions. First of all, it, it actually doesn't diminish the original sentiment. It does not. I it's mean, very beautiful. You know, seize the day, Stephen. Live, yeah. you know. Seize the day. Draw your family. Draw your family close to you. Yeah. I mean, and I say this to particularly St. George Illawarra supporters <laughs> because, you know, there are tough times tough ahead. Tough times ahead. <laughs> but, and, and so... You, you, I applaud Mitchell for yes. trying to do his bit to try and put some sensibility in what was a very tragic event. Yeah. Um, should he have recognised who? And one wonders, based on the other evidence we've just given, where it, that quote that Mitchell uh, tweeted or uh, Instagram is it actually Mugabe? Yeah, it hasn't actually appeared on on our research. <laughs> we don't find that thing. No, no. Uh, we thought we were literate fellows. Right. But one would have thought on. Reflection, you could have found that sentiment somewhere else yes, yes. rather than um, Mr. Mugabe. And is, did somebody send it to, to Mitchell? Said, Mitchell, send this one out. It's a beautiful buy. You know, that great African prince, Robert Mugabe. And he went, yes, it's beautiful. I'm going to send this out right now. Was he hacked? Well, I'd like to think so. I think so. I, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Mitchell, we still love you. He looks fired up. I don't know if that's a good idea. Chris, it's been a long, hot summer. Smoky. Smoky. Um, humid. Yes. And uh, very, very distressing for many, many people. You're talking about Bridget McKenzie. Well, shotgun, as Roy used to call her when she was our sports minister. Now, what a tragic loss right. that was to Australia. They were constantly uh, highlighting how much uh, shotgun had, had done as sports minister and how uh, the precipitous decline of Australian sport, which is you know pretty much across any 
uh, Vista you'd like to look at at the moment. Let's remember we got beaten by Tonga in the last rugby league test. And it wasn't even Tonga. It was an invitational 13, which begs the question, what happened to the other four? Yeah. Why weren't they invited? So what you're saying, shooting should be in. Right. Well, Mackenzie just did great work. Yeah, and, great work. And yeah. uh, little known that she went on to be agricultural minister. Was she? Not quite sure her achievements are the same, but she's had to resign yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Over... Can we call it Sports Rorts 2? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the original Sports Rorts? Yes, I do. The Ross Kelly. Board. Yeah, Ross yeah. Kelly. Yeah. But that's easily wiped out. This had an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> right, the into the digital realm, and it was found. So it's not the end of it, as we know. It's technology captures you, doesn't <laughs> so it? What, what you're saying is that what the great thing about uh, Bridget McKenzie is that she was actually focusing. It wasn't about uh, pork barreling, as I keep saying. It was really about sort of forgotten sports crits, I think. Rowing, Mossman. Shooting. Probably shooting, probably backgammon and darts somewhere. But, you know, the sports that aren't considered high echelon, you know, dominated by the big American, you know, English, Russian, Chinese countries, you know, that drugs and all that sort of stuff. These are just actual mum and dad stuff, quiet Australians yeah. going about their business. And, look, and there are a few questions that raised. I mean, apparently there was an email where two words were highlighted, uh, <laughs> marginal electorates and targeted electorates. <laughs> yes. uh, there were controversies because Ros Kelly was able to unilaterally decide, right, whereas in this instance this money was a series of recommendations from Sports Australia, an right. independent body. Now, With a figure of percentage... Probability and unlikelihood, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Now, in the end, apart from the one that done her in, which was a, a grant went to the shooting club she'd just been given an honorary membership for, right. uh, a number of uh, recipients of the grants hadn't actually applied for them. Right. But there are two questions it raises. First of all, I would have thought an effective sports minister should be doing as he or she sees fit. Yeah. And we are weighed down by bureaucracy. And to me, uh, Bridget McKenzie is a hero. And secondly... You need a faster, leaner process, correct? Yeah. And secondly, what is rugby league doing, Stephen? I yeah. see no evidence... No, they didn't apply for anything. ...any of the 16 franchises no. applying for this money. No. Why are we continuously behind? Why yeah. are we beaten, be beaten by archery? Yes. Why are we being beaten by taekwondo? Yes. And why, why, why are we being beaten by kayaking? Exactly. Exactly. And look, she's just a martyr to the cause, right? Yeah. A victim. Yeah. Our Bridget. Now, what Bridget should have done was actually signed up for membership for all of them. <laughs> Point blank. Where's the membership form? I'll sign on. So it looks like it's fair and equitable. No one's going to ask these questions. Stupid mistake because you do the right thing, you're right. It's cost now, us four medals at the Olympics, Stephen. I guarantee it. Right. Uh, what a summer we had to endure, though. I mean, what have we had? We've had T20, ODIs, uh, <laughs> test, matches. test matches. I mean, apart and, and that's from, in the tennis. Apart from the early success for, for, for Manus <laughs> and Smithy, it's all gone, it's all gone down the drain, hasn't it? Well, let's not forget Warner. Ash Barty, Kyrgios, Dud, Dud. What have we got left? An unliked and unlovable cricket hero, a uh, tennis hero, I believe. Uh, no uh, one can keep up with the, with the cricket. Are you saying Djokovic is unliked? Hey, absolutely, unloved. Well, I, I don't understand it's, that. Uh, really? It's, it's, it's tall poppy syndrome in this country, Stephen. He is tall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, uh, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of golf and tennis on TV because there was nothing else on. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what happened to rugby league then? Well, there, there was virtually none on. Now we've got 24-hour league, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But you still can't get away from things like the tennis. I mean, it's just seriously. Yes. And you had to search hard to watch Conor McGregor go through that beautiful kick that he did. Mm. And then, of course... You've got to pay for that stuff. The Super Bowl today. Well, after 50 years, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, back to the promised land. I love that name, Kansas City. Have you been? No, no, I haven't been to, I've been to San Francisco though. I've been to San Francisco. I as love well. San Francisco, but that's the song Kansas City. Yeah. You know it? It's a beauty. Oh well, no, I'm I am familiar with the song. I left my heart in Kansas City, but 
<laughs> but but of course the 49ers were uh, in the uh, Tom Alolo, what was it Thomas Olo period I the the Hain era yes were that far back to make the Super Bowl and lead by ten. They must have thought this is one of the great fairy tales, but the Chiefs basically shot that down. Absolutely. It was quite but, a... but for most people, Stephen, it's not about the football. It's about the halftime show. <sighs> Latin flavour, Chris. Well, the hey, Telegraph... so hot. The Telegraph... It's it, a brand it, new thing. It's it, a new movie. Do you hear that? The, the, the geniuses of the Telegraph were trying to describe the halftime show featuring Shakira and J-Lo, yes. and they have come up with the, with the moniker Latin flavoured. You, you know it's owned by Jay-Z now. <laughs> What, the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. What's his company? Crazy Rock or oh. Cold Rock Ice Cream oh or God, Rock Enterprises or something like and that? And what was most surprising was that J-Lo actually sort of lowered herself to actually team up with another woman. Well, you know, she had to deal with just a only supporting actress nominee for Hustlers, which I didn't like. I saw that movie. I wasn't happy no with good. it. No. Full of Janet Jackson no. tunes, though, so that but, was good. But um, uh, hips don't lie, Chris. Yeah. Hips don't lie. You can't go past that hit from Shakira. Well, they always they always quote that line about um, Shakira and small mounds or something. I never understood it. Right. But but can I just say, I'm not so sure about Jay Z owning it because some of the great Super Bowl entertainment we've had in the past, Prince, who yeah. Yeah. you know, Katy, Katy Perry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are we are we just going to get a sort of Beyonce slash? Yeah. Yeah. Jay Z yeah, narrow channel stuff, now. Yes, I think you're right. Though we're not. No offense to the Latin like, communities, but uh, really, you know, come on. I tell you, if it's Miami Sound yeah. Machine and Gloria Estefan yeah, next yeah. year, I where's Alice Cooper? I say. Well, he's coming to Sydney. Okay, and, and finally, what about uh, little Timmy Zoo and Horn battling over money? Well, yeah, I mean, the fighting primary school teachers are saying, I need more money in order to get beaten up by Tim Zoo. Yeah, he wants eighty twenty. He's offering seventy thirty. He's not going to give him sixty forty, let alone fifty fifty. Whenever I think of Tim Zoo, I think of, of course, his father Costa. Yeah, or Costa. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I will never forget the moment at Leichhardt Oval at halftime where the entertainment was a, an open flatbed truck yeah. circling Leichhardt Oval. That's what the Rolling Stones did at Rabbit yeah. Race Course. <laughs> and in that truck were three figures, Laurie Nichols, oh. Harry Triggerball oh. and Costa Zoo. I yes, Stephen. I believe the coach whisperer has been in touch with you about the Super Bowl today. How incredible is that? What happened? He approached the 49ers yes. because he has said his next quest is to deliver a Super Bowl ring. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals is my team. They should be talking to him. And he said they looked him in the eye and said, no, nah, we don't want any one percenters. And what happened today? They got done. Oh, no. And yeah. they look like in the third quarter, I, I gather, about to win everything. Yeah. And you know what they didn't do? Mm. They didn't reference Trent with... Uh, reference check with coach Trent Robinson about the sizzle and the special sauce that the coach whisperer Bradley Charles Stubbs has delivered for the Roosters right. in the past two years. It would have been the biggest prize for the coach whisperer, Bradley, if he'd achieved that. But yeah. uh, they're, they're not wise, Chris. They're not no. wise. No, no, it's American you know, right. isolationism writ large. It goes back to the Wilson years in the 1910s. That far. Yes. And now uh, Robinson, now he's a wiser man. Robbo, Trent Robbo. We know he's a renaissance man. Well, more than that, He's yes. widely read. I, yeah. I am essentially guaranteeing we'll get him on Fire Ups quite Australia. Right. You thought so. Michelangelo was a renaissance man. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Robbo's got it da all Da Vinci who? 
He's been taking the boys regularly now to this camp at the uh, Southern Alps in New Zealand and basically um, mm. putting them in huge physical adversity. Wow. Because he wants everybody to think outside the box. Well, so he's in the bar, right? Drinking That's... mockers. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in there pitching no, all the way. He soon. He's giving them suggested texts to read that they may not necessarily think. I don't know whether that's how Mitchell... Is know, Mitchell there as a Well, guide? Mitchell's at the Knights now, but whether that's a bit of an uh, overhang. Yes. Uh, that's an old trick from uh, the former Lakers coach, Phil Jackson. But he's looking for input so that he looks through different lenses, Stephen. Yes, yes, yes. And I've been having a bit of trouble with my vision lately, so yes. I'm needing to look through a different lens. Yes. Now, Bradley Charles Stubbs was part of that. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I'm on record, a key part of it yeah. that without... The whisper but, there was no premierships. But I could suggest you start at the bat, Chris. Uh, the orange people, the Rajneesh. You could use that filter. Bagwan's not still with us, is he? What about Marsh Sheila? Do you reckon she's still around? Uh, yes, that's a good point. The original tough titties? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ram Dass died recently, so you wouldn't go to him. No. Uh, Mugabe's gone. We've established that. <laughs> yes. Attenborough. Still with us? Hello, Chris. There's plenty of places right on the list. There's plenty of places Robbo could go to go right outside the box is what you're suggesting. What about Jacinda Arden? <laughs> hey? What about Bettina Arndt? Hello! What about Greta Thunberg? Come on! I went, Although... saw, I went and saw Fatboy Slim last week, Stephen. Well, what about Norman Cook? He gets to spend some good well, advice. Yeah, but when he puts up the video of Greta's speech and then she goes right yeah. here, right now, it's a moment. Do you know I DJed with him at a momentous occasion? Uh, let me guess. Come on. Wow. It was the last night of the last or the last action in the Siebel Town House. Oh, well, right, when they uh, knocked down the walls. Yeah, that's right. Wow. It was a post-aria party. Yeah. And I was DJing before him. He was the entertainment. I was the sub-entertainment. <laughs> I was going to say, there if I he was, was the entertainment, what were you? And the whole music industry, the, the, the stellar cast of Tina Arenas the and John Carter were all there. The Patty Moston? Was Patty Moston there. there? I don't even know what year it was, 90-something, you know, and Norman Cook came in with his sledgehammer and started sledging the walls away because he could. I always associate the Siebel Town House with Elton John. And when Elton John's in Australia, I always associate him with Paddy Moston. Right. Uh, you forget that Sir Robert Helpman lived on the top floor for many years of his last of his life. Was he still there when the uh, sledgehammers were... <laughs> they probably found him up there. <laughs> Long gone. <laughs> and acting, some great, the black swan, you know. So Robbo wants to think outside the box. <laughs> yeah. We've just uh, laid out, just without thinking, an incredible lineup. Right, Who, who's he gone to after the coach whisper? Well, I'd imagine somebody else in sport... I'd say, off the top of my head, uh, one of the Mundine clan. You got that wrong, Stephen. He's, ah. got, he's got a former Wallaby coach, Michael Checker. <laughs> what, what the hell's he been doing? Well, I hope he's been out with the fire. He's helping. Well, because he hasn't had much else to do, has he? No, yeah. no, no. It's been a bit, well, even Albo front line. Yeah, yeah. It's been a dark period for yeah. Australian rugby. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, and, and, and when you think about it. Mm. What Robbo's doing here is he, he goes to someone like Stubbs because, you know, they're all about winning. Yeah. And then you get that different yes. perspective on lens, uh, lens on How winning. How do you cope on losing? Exactly. <laughs> he goes, oh, look at what Checker's got to yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He's a broken man. And I'll do the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. Unload your pain. Robbo is a genius. <laughs> Unload your tactics and I'll know not what to do. Fantastic stuff. We're going to get him on this show, <laughs> okay. I promise you. Okay. Who, Checker? Yeah, no, well, well Checker, sure, but Robbo for absolute. Talking to the Mundines, what are they up to? Because I know that one of them's been building great big, uh, great big building next to Redfern Station. Is that right? For, for I, I believe, students from Asia. I think the business has fallen through somehow, but it was about, you know, student uh, uh, a hotel <laughs> and some indigenous spaces, I believe, too. I tell you what, we could use some sort of uh, uh, better hotel facilities up on the Gold Coast based on my recent <laughs> trip up there, but that's not the old TNT buildings, is yeah. it? He's not, they're, not, they're not involved in that cave. Remember those? No, no, no this is across the other side where, right. where the block was, Chris. Right. Well, well Chuck Mundine, who apparently has 
uh, a la John Farnham, a la Kiss said, I am officially retired. I mean, Motley mm. Crue even signed contracts saying that they would never play live again. Elton? They're, they're currently on tour. Um, the last stand? Yeah, Chock says, I'm never fighting again. Yeah. So he's broadened his dialogue as we we're trying to do in this show. And he's highlighted the fact that the coronavirus that we were talking about earlier or mm. trademarked in uh, Spain, the coronavirus, yeah. is actually a hoax set up by Big Pharma to sell yeah, more vaccines. That makes complete sense to I, me. I think Chock's nailed it. Have we checked the actual, uh, what do they call it, but uh, what's the, the, the ownership, the basis of uh, some of the companies that are actually selling these vaccines? Are they based in China, for example? Did it start there? Well, or were they just a plant? I, I think if uh, HG Nelson was here right now, Stephen, he'd be accusing Huawei of being <laughs> up to this, up to the elbows. To and no thank, good. You, thank you, Chuck, for right, keeping right. us on the straight and narrow. Now, uh, talking of uh, uh, you know, great uh, missionaries uh, and people who spread the good word like Chuck, uh, Israel Falau, he's found a job. <laughs> Is he with Sonny Bill Williams? Is he at Toronto? Again, just because of that old blues number we're hearing in Kansas City, I went to Sonny Bill Williamson because I've been reading that biography of Led Zeppelin. But uh, it all ties together. No, he's no. So the Wolfpack have uh, debuted, I believe, somewhat ignominiously in yeah. the uh, Super League, the English Super and League. SBW was a dud. Yeah, yeah. and two errors on his first yeah. two possessions. But right. you know, congratulations to our mate Steve Mascord. You know, uh, key part of this vision coming true. Yes, but Israel. And when you say found a job, I always think Talking Heads, more songs about buildings and food, where David Byrne said, if your work isn't what you love, something isn't right. Well, that's what Israel's done, and he's worked out that his true work, his true passion finally is rugby league. Ah. And unbelievably... So, in the great code-hopping circle, started rugby league, league. paid for Queensland, uh, Brisbane, Melbourne... Storms, yes. uh, And then hopped to... Greater Western Sydney, AFL. I forgot that one. The Giants, right? That's what they're called? Correct. Whatever that is. GWS. And then he went to Rugby Union. Is that right? That's right. The Waratahs. The Waratahs. And the Wallabies. And the Wallabies. And that's where he remained until said statements were made online. And now he's found another buyer. Yes. Back in Rugby League, but not in this country. International code hopper now. Well, where where does every... uh, Dropkick. Yeah, footballer who's... Controversial, troubled, out of step. Yeah, more, yeah, more trouble than Rogue. They, go. they go to France, <laughs> and he's been signed by the Catalan Dragons. Catalan Dragons. That's 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 a besmirching our name, the Great Dragons. And there's and there's been some great players for the Dragons. I think it might tell, me, tell me, Pat something. Richards. But uh, we've oh, had Pat Richards. He's a good man. Uh, um, Greg Bird. Greg Bird has been there. Okay. Todd Carney, who we Case think is, closed. is a visionary. Anybody else? I just think it's a just a tremendous procession yeah. of the right sort of people ending up in the right place. But he has promised to stay away from using carriage of communication or said device for disseminating hatred, correct? That's, there's a few principles that come out this uh, episode, Stephen. There's the May principle, stay away from a carriage. Yeah. There, there's a Curtis Scott principle, stay away from a fishbowl yeah. or a rat race. Sydney or Paris. Yeah, so Falau is following the May principle Yeah. and he's going to stay offline. Yeah. He's probably a fair way away Away from, from Sydney. Yeah, away from... Well, exactly. Yeah, rugby league. Yeah, Catalans. I don't know if you've been there, but I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think the best thing that's come out of this announcement... Yes, the world was going to travel to him. Yeah. What's happened, Chris? The Wigan Warriors. Wigan Warriors, yes. Where my mate Paddy Richards also played and won yeah. the uh, um, the Superman of rugby league or whatever they used to call them. <laughs> Iron Man or something, was it? Yeah. What was it called? Uh, have announced that when they play the Catalan Dragons in about three or four weeks' yes. time, yes. it'll be their gay pride. 
Gay Pride Week. Rainbow colours everywhere. Left, right, and centre. Pink nail polish. The light, right? Talk about a clash of philosophies, Stephen. Just to put it in. <laughs> who says rugby league is not a metaphor for life? And who says not entertaining, Chris? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so good to be back with rugby league, yeah. even though the season is weeks away. Yeah. Now, you forgot that we had a great moment in history this week. You took us to Concord Oval underneath the stand. Is there anything less salubrious, Chris, more rugby league than underneath the stands of Concord Oval with Madge Maguire? I well, ask you. Well, it, I think what it does, Stephen, is it puts the demandables at Narrabeen into perspective. It I mean, does. <laughs> I was actually flying back from uh, the Gold Coast from set holiday and there was a guy who'd been in our row of seats who says, I'm flying down to consult with Des Hasler about a player issue. And, you know, that didn't bode well. <laughs> but we talked about the demandables and we agreed that that is basically... And not even air-conditioned. Yeah, but, but that's what Des wants. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers have gone one better. They... Um, they operate and train out of the bowels of Concord Stadium. That's a very good description, Chris. <laughs> where, where the 1987 Rugby World Cup was uh, played out the semi-final when France beat Australia in front of 17,000 fans. Um, and they get, you remember that. They get about 150 elite athletes there through, yeah, yeah. through the day yeah. in what can only be described as a fishbowl or rat race-like or condition. Or rat race. <laughs> it looks like a torture chamber, that's for sure. <laughs> for 1942. But it, and, and, and but how it works. Good, and how good was the wrestle room, except they don't learn how to wrestle in no, there. That, no, 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 no. But we were lucky enough to be escorted it's about by... diverting motion, isn't it? Yeah, Western Suburbs and West Tigers former great and premiership winner, John Scandalis, who that's was fantastic. Right. Scando. But, but the apotheosis, if I can use that word, Stephen. Yes, you can use it. You breakfast do. with Coach Michael Maguire. How yeah. good was that? Great coffee. As they do on the Inner West. We were... Food. We had the whole Terry fire. Danishes, we had the fire bacon, eggs. crew there. We had yeah. Pat. We had Dennis. We had yeah. Lindsay, the morning show producer from FBI. Yes. We had a couple of ring-ins called Craig and Stephen. But we had uh, Troy Maguire and I think his young lad uh, uh, prize winners, Johnny Keldoulis, another prize winner from the FBI fundraiser. Yes, it was a terrific moment. But are you taking me to the the moment that I had with Madge? Is there anything you want to say about well, your you, moments you, with Madge? I think you unfairly touched a nerve. No, I don't think it was unfair. No, I don't think the man wanted to break down. At all, and reveal his innermost sensitive sides. Stephen, you know my ambition to be a hard-hitting radio journalist. I do. I don't know why Nothing will stop you. <laughs> Nothing gets in your own. I just did say, yeah. I said, Michael, or Madge, if I can call you Madge, can we just change tack a bit for a moment? I said, look, I am a card-carrying South hater. Yeah. Uh, 909 grand final, never forgiven you, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But I was fortunate enough to be at the 2014 win where after, I think, 43 years, was it, Pat? The uh, Rabbitohs secured a premiership, defeating the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. you cry, Chris. Yeah. And I was amongst many, many grown people of various uh, you know, categories, Generation X, Boomers, et cetera, et cetera. Gosh. Some have been waiting for that entire 43 years for that premiership. Yes. Some who'd never seen a premiership for the Rabbits. Wow. And those grown adults were tearing up. And it yeah. really was... At least as a rugby league fan, I wasn't happy for South, but I was I could I could appreciate the, the joy the that I was feeling. So I simply said to Michael, the rich fabric that is rugby league. Chris. Yeah, and I simply said to him, you know, you know, what were your takeaways from that night? And I mean, he teared That's up. It's a straight question. It's a straight question, and he teared up, Stephen. And and on reflection, you would think that he was tearing up because of what I just said about the grown. People crying, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, when he pulled you aside and told you the real and, reason, did he? And, well, that's right. It's, it, you know how much joy you brought to the South fans. Yes. He took me aside afterwards and he said, "Chris, I just want to explain why I was crying there. I now realise that whilst I brought that much joy to South fans, I brought so much disappointment and hatred yeah. and 
uh, negative emotion to the rest of the rugby league world. Yes. That is why I was crying. It's a load to carry, Chris. Because to deliver a premiership yeah. for South yeah. just upsets so many people in so many walks of life and so many quiet Australians. That's a cross to bear. No doubt about it. No doubt about no it. No doubt about it. Uh, look, beginning of the year, footy hasn't even started yet. Any predictions for the top four, Chris? Uh, yes, I am predicting that the Roosters will be in it. Yes. I have this strange feeling that Parramatta might be there. I don't think so. Uh, and um, mm. Canberra, Canberra, and what about South Sydney? They bought well. Yeah, the, no forward pack. They couldn't get Jordan. No Harry forward pack. Okay. And uh, oh, let's let's really go out on a limb and say, God, how I don't know how he's going to do it, but Melbourne, not West Tigers. No. On that note, the quiet Australians stand quietly, turn around, and walk out the door. We Good will night. return. Now. Now things are getting a bit fired up. 